What's going on, everybody? Jorge Aquino coming to you live and direct right here from the west side of the PHX. Tormenting tarmac, enthusiasts never die. That's the slogan of this podcast, and just might as well write that on my tomb. Uh, date of recording, October the 4th, and I'm feeling a little bit spicy tonight for a couple different reasons. First of all, it's it's the beginning of October. I actually am chilling in the garage, and the garage door is popped open just a little bit, so the air is nice and crispy here in the PHX. The Diamondbacks just won game one of their wild card round against the Brewers, or suck it to any Brewers fans. No one cares. <clears throat> no one cares. Um, Go and, Dodgers. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. We have a Dodgers fan on the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and address that gentleman in just a moment. If you recognize that voice, somebody's making a return to the pod. But we're going to go ahead and do this right. First of all, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We've got a couple of guests this evening, and we're going to have a lot of lot of and a lot of fun. I mean, um, first person that we'll go ahead and introduce happens to be one of the people that went ahead and put me on the map uh, a little over a year and a half ago. And um, if this podcast ever goes major, I'll have her to thank along with a couple of others. That happens to be Daddy Clink herself, KRC Auto, Caitlin Clink, hanging out with us tonight, mayor of Fuego yeah. City, the queen of rollers. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. So it's great to see you, buddy. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm in Houston. I'm not in the PHX, but I'm happy to be here. I know, I know. You, you, were he- you were literally here for like two days. And then yeah, left, I was there for like, work. I, uh, I was just like a quick, like slid right in, didn't really you know, just got my stuff done and I was out of there, but I was just there for work, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. And yes, we are calling you, we are calling you daddy clink going forward. Oh yeah. Apparently so. You know what? I'll take it. That's fine. Hashtag four doors, more whores. Let's go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Second, second other person that happens to be on the podcast tonight happens to be one of automotive media's goats. And uh, I can now, I guess I can call him a friend, which is really, really cool. But that happens to be Motor Trend Senior Features Editor, Mr. Johnny Lieberman. Johnny, what's going on, brother? Hello. And not only can you call me a friend, I'm going to be stuck in Phoenix uh, for a couple of days and all by myself. So you're going to have to like, you know, like have a meal with me or buy me a drink or I'll buy you a drink or something like that. I got you on the drink. You tell me when and where and I'm down. A hundred percent. Probably like Saturday night. Sounds like. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Uh, I have, it's, don't even ask. We're filming a big thing, and I have to be there on Saturday, and then we don't start filming again until like Wednesday or something or Tuesday. I can't remember. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I'll be in, in Phoenix in need there you of go. companionship. I got you, bro. I got you. Well, that's <laughs> fantastic. But that all being said, it's amazing to see the two of you. The last time Johnny was on, of course, Johnny hung out with me back in April and then Caitlin was back on uh, back in March. Um, And a lot of things have changed um, over the past few months. Uh, By the way, we didn't mention this last time, Caitlin, because you hadn't actually officially mentioned it to me. But those of you who probably know by now, Caitlin is one of the I guess you could say almost a marketing and media director over at AZ Cycle Auto Parts. So shout out to AZ Cycle. Um, and yeah, Caitlin's basically under their employment ship. And uh, I was I was there out there a couple of months ago driving their 996 Turbo, before, or excuse me, getting a ride in that 996 Turbo before it sold. That thing is wild. But anyways, I just want to give a quick shout out to AZ Cycle, to Fred and Mark and the whole team out there. Um, and uh, But that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. Although- Actually, that's not true. Caitlin might tell us a couple stories from when she was in Indiana back in August because that underground Huracan twin turbo is something, something nasty. But 
let's let's kind of start it off because while Johnny opens that bottle of whiskey, my friend, it's not happening. This is <laughs> my friend started a distillery and they sent me some of their first stuff and like I'm sitting there hacking on it with a knife and it's not opening. So okay, well then that that's, but that's it's critique okay. number By one. By the time we're done with the podcast in an hour, uh, I'll have it open. So that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, but that's critique number one. Yeah, not an easy bottle to open. Okay. We know Correct. that. That's good to know. Um, yeah. But Johnny, I saw that you were out at Rensport, man. Um, I it had was, a couple buddies before out before that. Weren't we going to yeah. talk about the ST lease deals? Yeah. So that okay. Yes, let's do it. I was at Rensport. I can, I can talk all about Rensport. No, no, for sure. Well, I think it's really, really cool to be able to go ahead and talk about the nine eleven ST thing. I know Caitlin wasn't necessarily uh, aware of what was going on, but um, earlier today that report came out from several media outlets. Um, and Johnny, I know that you obviously know the know how and everything going on out there. So my understanding is, so actually let's go ahead and backtrack real quick for those of you who might be living oh. under a rock not knowing what yes there it is he finally got <laughs> it cracked open let's go some whiskey whiskey in the building but right. for those of you who might not know the 911 st is the 992 iteration it's basically the 992's 911 r so essentially basically. it's a gt3 rs but with a six-speed manual so it's you know touring a, a little bit on steroids um, is basically the best way to put it. Um, it's lighter than lighter than a yeah. touring. So it's the lightest. It's uh, less sound deadening, lightened flywheel. So it's real revy. Yeah. Improved six speed manual. Um, it does not have rear steer, which not only makes it quote unquote more pure, whatever that means, but they can put a lighter, a smaller battery, lighter, smaller battery in it because you don't need as much voltage to do things. Yeah. Um, so that helps to make it lighter as well as be more pure. If you can define what pure means, I'd love, I'd love to know. Exactly. Um, but the big news is that it's $290,000 and you have to buy an $18,000 watch. The dealers are forcing the watch on you. Mm -hmm. And that's before a single option. That's before ADM. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so to prevent something this valuable, which, uh, you know, you could, if you wanted to, let's in, in a perfect world, you could buy it tomorrow and then sell it for double what you mm -hmm. paid a lot of dealers are already saying they're going to ask i know beverly hills porsche is asking 300 over if you're lucky enough to get one of the 1963 allocation yeah 300 over two hundred ninety thousand dollar car um uh they're doing a lease program so to prevent flipping it tomorrow uh if you did not buy a 918 you are only able to lease it from Porsche for a year. So Porsche holds the title. You cannot sell it. You can promise to sell it, but you cannot legally sell it for a year until the lease is up. And I don't, I don't really know any details beyond that. Like, will you instantly be able to buy it once the lease is up? Is there another yeah. process? Are they taking the cars back? Who knows anything? I have no idea. Now, the reason I was so hot to talk about this is this is not the first time this has happened. When you mm -hmm. two were, uh, playing with pogs or whatever you kids did. Um, Squish Lexus, is apparently for, for Caitlin. <laughs> there you go. Lexus, when the LFA came out, um, they did the same thing, but I think it was a two-year lease. So you okay. could not buy it. And then, you know, ultimately it sort of prevents nothing because as soon as the LFA was off lease, they were worth triple, quadruple. Mm -hmm. Now they're a million. But like, what's the, what's the LFA Nürburgring attack worth? A, a million plus. Yeah, so the, the yeah. leases they do nothing. Um, I don't know what it's for. And then again, the other weird caveat is if you did buy a nine eighteen, you can buy an ST and sell it tomorrow. Hmm. Um, 
So they're rewarding the 918 special customers uh, who helped them out when they couldn't sell those damn things um, with the but ability. But those same guys were able to buy the 911R. Because didn't they get a nine well, eleven? Couldn't they get a nine eleven R allocation when the? Uh, not only that, out? they got the turbo exclusive too. Like, yeah, they, oh, yeah. They're, they're really, they, they really like their nine eighteen buyers, and and again, these these people will also get first crack at whatever the mission X is called when they finally build the working model. Which, by the way, probably it's not nearly as far along as people think. You're probably talking like three more years. They've they've barely started development on it. Wow, that's pretty yeah. wild, but. <sighs> Yeah, so that's the listen, Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm just I'm just going to be honest with you. Anybody who's listening knows scratching a $290,000 itch of a 911 SC, there's not a lot of us that are going to be able to go ahead and do that, right? But might have a little bit of a small issue with this. And Caitlin, I'll let you jump in here in a second because like it's we're trying to stop this flipping culture, right? But then we, we are. Wait, why are we trying to stop? Well, it? I, I shouldn't. Let me let me take that back. I shouldn't say that we're not trying to stop. The well, who's we? Culture, Define right? we. Rich guys That's are like flip, 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 flip. flip. <laughs> but then my whole thing is like drive, 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 drive your car, keep it, enjoy it. You know, that's why you're that's why Porsche is making this machine so you can enjoy it, not for you to go ahead and buy it. And then next day, oh, I just flipped it for 300 grand additional. But then at the same time, the dealerships are the ones that are asking 300 grand over to begin with. And it's a little bit annoying. Well, and then they, yeah. Remember some are, um, I talked to my buddy at, um, I always mispronounce his first name. So let me look it up. But the guy at champion, uh, Porsche, um, the owner, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Uh, his name is Mitra, um, Mitra Mirage. And they're probably getting because they're the biggest Porsche dealer in the world, is my understanding. Yeah, um, they're getting five or six uh, ST allocations, probably, and maybe more. And he's just going to reward his best customers, so the dudes yeah. or dudettes who've been buying, um, you know, not only like the Dakar and the Sport Classic and stuff like that, but also you, you know, your daughter's got a Macan and your son's driving a Boxster and the wife's in a Cayenne. You know, you got those three lease payments coming in. You got a GT3, you got a, a GT4 RS coming. You can have an ST. Um, so, so some dealers are selling it at sticker. Um, so, yeah, it's all over the map. I guess Porsche for 12 months wants to prevent, fl- they're going to flip. I mean, you, you know, a, a year's like that. These yeah. are flipping, you know. <laughs> there it's, so it's, it's wild. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know what the big. I think it's just a way to further reward the nine eighteen customers. Is really what it is, because um, I don't think Porsche cares about flipping. Why should they? You know, I mean, maybe they, this is them apologizing that their hybrid system or the battery costs like fifty Gs to go ahead and replace. It's like, hey, yeah. not that you can't afford fifty Gs, but here's an ST. I'm touching my finger to my nose because you are on the money, my friend. That is, I think that has a lot to do with it. Nice. Caitlin, yeah. what do you think? This because this that's wild. Five six hundred G six hundred G's for a nine eleven ST. For when nine eleven plus an eighteen thousand yeah, dollar watch. Okay. So I think it's interesting that, that the watch is even mandatory at this point. It doesn't really sound like that part doesn't sound like a passion project or really of interest. What if you don't want the watch? What do you do with an eighteen thousand dollar watch if you don't wear watches? But oh, yeah. then again, there's a lot of guys that are into cars and watches. So I'm gonna guess their market's gonna hit pretty well. But well, the idea that it's required, they might as well have just added 18 grand to the car and said it's a free watch. It's it's yeah, it's sort of like, you know, we'll give you an allocation, but you have to buy the watch. Here's here's the horrible part. And I, I have a Porsche design watch, I'm an owner, but uh, 
they're going to make you pay 18,000 for it. You will never be able to sell that watch for anywhere near 18,000. That'll be yeah. a nine, 9,000, $7,000 watch. It's not no, even a tag, right? Cause it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a Porsche, Porsche design, design. and look, they're, they're fine watches, you know, Hey, mm -hmm. nothing wrong with them. They're just 18,000 is like, uh, ain't no one craving an $18,000 Porsche design watch. I was going to say that's, that's, that's unnecessary. It's over a hundred dollars. It's a watch that I will not be buying. So. <laughs> no, you're going to eat those words one day, but I know what Probably. you're saying. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. well, at the same time, you know, Caitlin's spending a hundred dollars on filling up the tank in the ZL one, which I've we'll get into in a second. How much do those nails Thanks. cost? These nails, uh, <laughs> they're about seventy-five to eighty dollars. So I hey, think yo. If you had normal for nails years, for one watch or nails for years, and I'm gonna take my nails all day, every day. I don't know, man. You're missing out. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? We did mention the ZL one. So before we get into Rensport and before we get into other stuff, because there's there's questions that I didn't get a chance to go ahead and ask Johnny about last time he was here back in April that I think warrant a great conversation. And then Caitlin, because Caitlin got her master's in journalism over the summer. Let's go, KRC. Get it, my sister. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but um, okay. You want to tell the story? I'll, I'll start the story and then you'll jump yeah, in go whenever for it, you go want for to. It. Uh -huh. For those of for for those who may not be, wait. Social media plugs, real quick. At Johnny Lieberman on Instagram. At KRC Auto on Instagram. At Caitlin ZL One. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I really did enjoy the Caitlin No Car for a while there. That was great. yeah. That was that was good stuff. So, um, uh, middle of September, uh, Caitlin let us know that her black two SS, uh, was stolen, which. Mm -hmm. Big shout out to whoever stole that car. I hate you. You're a piece of lard. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So you can burn it out. Um, so for the last few, for those next few weeks, you know, insurance was happening and whatnot. And basically, Caitlin, Volkswagen Atlas, which is like rubbing salt in the wound of car. I really was. And I still have that piece of garbage sitting outside. <laughs> I haven't turned it yet, but <laughs> I'm glad you finally came around. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of. The names that you went ahead and gave your imaginary children, and that was fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's my mom car. I felt like yeah, a, like, a, like a mom. Yeah, it was it was terrific. But um, I remember well, what having are the names. Yeah, what were the names? Yeah, names. that's um, true. Hunter Lee was one of the basic names I gave, and Excellent. then it was, I think, like Paxton Jace or something ridiculous oh. like that. I was pretending oh, yeah. that I was dropping my kids off at soccer practice. So there was a there yeah. was a there was a, a Jason <laughs> the C today at my kids' uh, pickup. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That's my excellent. nephew's name is. And Jason it was a Braylon, a Braylon, Braylon. It's just terrible. Not <laughs> real. Shout out to my nephew though. I do love my nephew. He's got a great name. <laughs> Spelled his um, name wrong. All right, go ahead. <laughs> but um, so. While this is all going on, I remember I hit up Caitlin because actually Caitlin was going to be with me on the Hennessy podcast, which if you guys haven't listened to that podcast with Alex Royce from Hennessy, please do so because it was a fantastic interview. Um, but Caitlin was going to join me on that, but since she couldn't, I was like, well, listen, hey, the goat Johnny's coming on. You need to come on with Johnny. So mm -hmm. here we are. So it worked out for the best. But yeah, I remember you had told me and I and this is public information. So it, I mean, you literally have the car, but you said. Yeah. If your car doesn't get back to you in one piece and it's deemed totaled, you're just going jumping into a Z. And mm -hmm. three weeks went by <laughs> and Caitlin was put up Instagram stories saying like, any recommendations for a car? They need to have four tires, two doors, and a steering wheel. And I was like, wow, 
What a great description of an automobile. Yes, I thought so too. <laughs> Fantastic. Caitlin Nocar with the sense of humor of a fifth grader. I love it. So, I tried. Yeah. So you do that. And then Saturday, this past Saturday, which would have been the September, September the 30th, mm-hmm. you know, she puts up an I love New York meme as an Instagram story. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting meme to choose from, but I'll take it. And then bada bing, bada boom. We see a rapid blue ZL1 being <laughs> unloaded from a truck. So yes. tell us everything, my friend. First of all, con- massive congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, the ZL1 has been my dream car since, you know, the fifth gen ZL1 ever came out. When I was like 13, that's the car I always wanted in my SS. I love that car to death. But, you know, it was stolen from my apartment. Um not a very fun feeling. Very, I felt very unsafe for a while. I still kind of do. Um, but that was pretty tragic. I was on my way to go. I'm like, I'm going to go get a coffee. Couldn't find my car anywhere. And I go to ask the office. It's like, can you just pull up your security cameras so I don't feel psychotic and I can go find my car. And they're like, actually it shows someone breaking into it at 4am and driving off in it. And I said, you're kidding. And my car was gone. And so insurance did their thing, which they're actually still doing their thing. I haven't they investigate. Um, they investigate. They yes. take their time. Yeah. Exactly. And I said, you know what? I was going to wait on a ZL1. I said, this is now my quarter life crisis. I need the ZL1. <laughs> this is just now's the time. Why would I go get another SS or why would I wait right. this out? So I now started- let's, let's be honest for a second, though. This for okay. you is like a, this is a blessing in disguise because I don't know you that well, but you have told me your deepest fantasy is a ZL1. Yeah. So okay, this puts. Yeah. Stealing your very nice SS, yeah. you actually get your dream car as a result. I mean, it still cost me more money. It's not like this thing was free suddenly, but hey, I'm not talking about cost. I'm talking about you no longer. No, exactly. Have a it pushed Camaro me. It pushed SS. me to it. Yeah, you have a ZL1, which is it like, was a catalyst. It was like, yeah. you know what? Screw this. I'm it now's the time. It's now or never. So and do you love it? Oh my gosh. Yes, I love it. It's it's amazing. It's everything I hoped it would be. I'm so glad I went with Rapid Blue. I I wasn't sure at first. I figured maybe I'll go black again. You know, I did the two FS all black. I said, you know what? This this thing's extra special. It's a supercharged V8. It's a 23. The the blue looks so elegant. It shows off the body lines. It's kind of ridiculous, but that's why I wanted it. I said, this one's, it's more fun. It's more showy. It's more me. And I love blue. So I figured, and it, it's a little more rare. I don't see a lot of rapid blue Camaros out on the road. I've never seen a rapid blue Camaro before. That was my I first time seeing you. I thought they were common simply because I had been following pretty much every single one I found on social media, but I'm like, they're really not everywhere. I've so. never seen, is it's not it's not a ZL1 color. It's a regular Camaro color. Yes, you can get it on the SS. You can actually get it on like the four-cylinder. Because I oh, shout out to the four-cylinder. Yeah, yeah, nice car. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a rapid blue ZL1. So usually they're red, white, or black. I so know a girl know. that has one, and she's actually in my area. And I had wanted that before she got it. I said, "Girl, Kayla, I love your car. I'm obsessed." And then when I got mine, I was like, "I hope you're okay. We're gonna be twins. I know we're in the same city here." And she's like, "No, that's great. We're gonna take pictures." I was like, "Cool." So there, there's your there's your plate. Get get N O T Kayla, not Kayla, <laughs> not Kayla. No, yeah, okay. That's the other thing. I didn't get my plate because it was stolen. So I didn't get to have my KRC auto license plate. Now I you get, get a better plate. plate. New plate. I did car picks. My new I lo- plate. I love carpet. the new plate. I love oh. the new plate. Someone Camera. told me I should have done it with the Z, though. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have done it with the Z. Well, when this one gets stolen, you can do the new oh, one. Shut up. 
God, Johnny. You know what? I'm I'm already living in fear at this point. So yeah, not live in fear. Life's that. too short to live in fear. It's That's true. Yeah, but and, and again, car, some so. something bad happened. Insured, you got your dream car. So don't don't yeah. just just yeah. let's. I'll just keep over insuring until all of a sudden I'm in a seven six five LT or something like that. And hey, trade up, you know. I'll be in a Senna before you know it. At this point, I'm a target, I guess. So oh my <laughs> gosh. Don't say that, but at the same time, let's go. I'm kind of like I'm, I'm trying to laugh this off still. So I, I'm I'm aware, <laughs> but I'm I'm really ecstatic for you because again, since I've known you, the ZL1 yeah. has been the move. Um, yeah. I mean, hell, you were looking at ZL1s over the past like six or seven months, like you, you oh, know. Yeah. And, so, um, you said it's a 23 plate, which is awesome. How many? I'm assuming it's a used, but it was a used. Yeah, camera. it had about 2,400. I've already put about 250, 300 miles on it in the last three days, nice. but. Um, it had 2,400 miles. It was only leased before, but it was leased by a man that babied the heck out of it. Because the other thing about these cars is buying secondhand, you know, the odds of it having been abused prior to owning it are a lot higher. And for sure, I didn't get the one LE. So I know that this thing wasn't an absolute track monster compared to that one. And the previous owner had apparently taped the whole thing up before he even took it in for oil changes. I said, that's yeah, nice. But do you know how bulletproof those cars are? I mean, yeah, they are regardless, but you don't want to buy something knowing it was driven to death for the short time I, especially if I mean, I, the, the amount of you know supercharged corvettes camaros and cadillacs with that same engine that i've driven over my career yeah. i've only blown up two of them so you're, <laughs> odds are good you know you'll be fine this was my first deal one i had driven on the open road all the clients i've had that have let me drive their cars i've driven some not nearly as many wild things as you johnny but just some cool stuff and i had never driven a ZL1 on the road until owning one, which I find so funny because that's the one car I've always wanted. But isn't so, it kind of cool to know the fact that the first ZL1 that you drove is yours? Like that's I thought a about cool that. Feeling. And yes, that yeah. is a good point because that is how I feel now. I'm like, wow, my first experience, I was like basically tearing up when I drove it off the, we got off the trailer and I just immediately just started hauling ass. I don't know where I was going. I went to my buddy's shop and I just was like, I cannot believe I'm driving this right now. Nice. But I've been careful, you know, rear wheel drive yeah. and 600 plus horsepower. I, I didn't want to end up in a ditch day one. So. Wow, they're so they're so good. They're so good. Oh, it's yeah. great. It's been excellent. Even in the rain today, it rained today. And I, I still my daily, I don't have a backup car when it's raining, when it's snowing, when it's whatever, I will be in the ZL1. Well, for so. now you should go to what you should do is use the Volkswagen while you still have it for your day. I, right? I was going to, and I have yeah. no self Why? Wait a second. So, that means you have to drive a Volkswagen Atlas. How horrible. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot, Johnny. I don't know. Anything. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, was, ooh, ooh, like, just, just, I have the option and I don't want to. I it no, don't blame control, you. Give it back. I, just be like, yeah. here, like, I don't, this is, this is ugly. This is lowering my property values get rid of this exactly <laughs> johnny let me ask you a question Alice. because you you've yes. you you've driven many azil ones many of this six i went Camaro. on the launch of the zl one i was yeah I was the first like you know uh i don't know however many a dozen people to drive it you know that's that's amazing and so like we're getting close to the end of it 2024 is supposed to be the last year of the camaro for chevy and what at least you know, um, until they just of Gen Six, yes, of the, Gen the, Six. The, the electric who knows Gen if they'll make seven, seven is coming. Yeah, yeah. electric. Oh. You say electric, it's not a Camaro anymore, so that's just not not in the books. It's I mean, not a Camaro. I, I would say just wait, because uh, I, I, you know, I, I know a little bit about the people building these, and like, you know, it, it'll be so good. It'll, Fully electric it'll, or hybrid? If you don't get to hear any 
I think fully electric, I think hybrids are sort of people are, they're starting to get a little exposed as sort of like feel good greenwashing. That's really the worst of both worlds. It's an EV with no range and it's a, it's a, it's a gas engine that's hauling around too much weight because you have an engine and a battery and a gas tank and a transmission. Yeah. So it's true. And um, the the world's going electric. So. It's it's I'm not. I mean, we're, we're I, <laughs> hey, you literally got yourself a car that gets a supercharged V8. I am not yeah. going electric. I'm sorry, not right now. I mean, no, you, you can be you. you can be slow. You can you know I mean your 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 supercharged V8 has like almost 200 less horsepower than my truck. Um, you know, but I so, get to hear engine sounds and I get to enjoy I get my to hear four driving. motors and I enjoy everything about it. Plus, That's I can plus to each it, their plus, own, Johnny. To each their plus own. Plus, it costs me nothing to fill up. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Plus, I can go off roading in it, and it's quicker in a straight line than your Camaro. I mean, it's a pretty good truck. You know what? You uh, win. Congrats! I'm so happy. R one T's are pretty you. dope. You know I'm what? At the, end of the, at the end of the day, I'm also very happy with my minivan right in front, so it's all good. But um, Ooh, Johnny, no. no, 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 no. I got yeah. kids, brother. I got kids. It's <laughs> brother. No, yeah, but yeah. um, I wanted to ask you because as we get to the end of Gen Six, and I've had this conversation a couple different times, but it's nice to go ahead and get different perspectives. You've been a big proprietor of the sixth gen, Johnny, for like the last yeah. seven years. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Like, before you know. Disregard. I wrote the article when yeah. we named it when we named it Car of the Year in 2014. I not only voted for it, but I wrote the article explaining yeah. why. Good man. Uh, it's one of the best chassis ever developed. You know, it the was, Alpha it, chassis is awesome. Yes. Yeah, they were ripping off the um, I think the E46 BMW, um, and, and you know, with backseat room, they did. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's just a remarkable product, and um, it's all engineered so well. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know, they, they, they shot themselves in the foot. I'll I'll break some news on your podcast. So Chevy feels that the redesign in 2019 was so awful that it tanked sales. And, uh, that led to there being no seventh gen directly to there being no seventh gen, uh, Mm -hmm. gas because they just, it just, it was such a bad, because the 2014 car and the Z01, because it needs such a big grill for the cooling, they couldn't redesign it. Right. So good looking. Just such a handsome machine. Yeah. And that, that 2019, you know it's a bad design because they redesigned it for 2020. Right. Uh, so you know that everybody was like, oh, man, we fucked up. Because, uh, like, uh, you know, a mediocre design or a middling design, yeah, we can wait four years. What's the big deal? But to do a read, that means new tooling, right? which is really expensive. That means they were desperate. So um, so they did that to it. And, you know, um, it has a lot of weird knocks, like, you know, quote, unquote, you can't see out of it. And I always I always go back to you Randy can. Popes. Yeah. Well, Randy Popes, I remember, like, someone said that to him once, and he's he's like, yeah, when I he he beat a a Ferrari four five eight time around Streets of Willow in a SS one LE, and he's like, I can see out of it pretty good, you know. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, not bad yeah, visibility, even if you're five three. So I'm. But I'm, but so you know people because the fifth gen there was problems you could not see out of it, and it was for a lot of reasons why why that was. But sure, um, people just sort of have these stereotypes in their head, and they can't get rid of them. And it hurts sales and, you know, and, and like, so the Mustang, you know, it was inferior. I've driven the new GT. It's, yeah. It's, it's nowhere near as good as a regular Camaro. The I'm new S650 or, oh, okay. Yeah. Last, last yeah. portrait. Okay. The, the GT, the 480 horsepower, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the non-dark horse V8. Got it. It's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's a decent car. It's not 
it's not the athlete. Uh, it's not as much fun to drive as, uh, you know, even close to the Camaro. And, you know, the one LE, SS one LE just stomps it. Right. Um, and almost stomps everything, including the ZL1. I hate to tell you that was that's actually my biggest memory of the ZL1 launch was we're flying over Angeles Crest, and I'm in 650 horsepower. But you know, there's corners, and yeah. so Oppenheiser, who's the chief engineer of Camaro, the father of Camaro, he's on my ass in an SS1 <laughs> LE, and he's a good driver, but he's not that good. And it's just like, damn, is that the one LE the difference? Because it's probably yeah. just that it's the track package, you, you, it, different suspension. It, but the well, ZL1 there's a bit of a date, oh. there's a bit of a weight difference between a ZL1 and an SS, right, Johnny? Isn't it like, oh, yeah, 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 pounds, yeah. Pounds? yeah, but but it's just the, look, it's like two of Caitlin's. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get the ZL, ZL1 one LE next, so that's I already have a new well, dream. That, I, that I strongly <laughs> advise against that, unless you're gonna live on a racetrack, that's a miserable streetcar. I um, don't care. I will put up with it. Whatever mean, it it's mis it's miserable. You don't need it. You know, it's not, it doesn't make it's any, not, it's not a need. It's just an absolute desire that I will realize at some point. I would just, love to see Paxton and Hunter in the backseat of that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Right just, now. just get just like in addition to, cause that was my thing was, you right. know, people are like, well, would you get an SS one LE or a ZL one? And I was always like both because at the same time, while, while the, you know, the one LE is a better driver's car for sure. Right. Man, the engine of the Z01 is just like it's so good. It's you know, and just the dumb burnout, so good. Um, it's great. So it's it, it, I don't it's, have the budget for both. So give me give me a few well, years. You say that go. now, but remember, yeah. remember two weeks ago when I was talking to you, you didn't have the budget for a Z01. So you know, I, I I'm I gonna say this. Sense. You say things that aren't necessarily true. That's all. I'm okay, <laughs> Not that you're lying. You just don't know any better. You're young. That's, you're young. You're, you're, okay. Yeah, I'm I hear you. Yeah, listen. Anyways, I mean, congrats I'll, I'll, on the ZL1. Yeah, you have one of you. my favorite cars. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Use this is well. basic. This podcast is basically telling Mark and AZ Cycle Parts that they're gonna have to up the salary just a little bit for the one alley <laughs> to make it. Um, yeah, for the but, gas. I mean, the gas. Know, just, yeah, gas sucks. I've already anticipated my monthly and annual budget on that, and it's not pretty. But I'm paid, sure you had I paid. I paid seven oh nine a gallon today. Yeah, that's because that's. Uh, Los Angeles is wild is right now. California is out of control with gasoline. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. But seven oh nine, seven oh nine. I mean, you go to parts of Scottsdale right now, and Caitlin, you were here just the other day. Like it was like yeah. f- it's five dollars at least over on my side at my local Costco. It's like four seventy in the west side. It's three ninety for premium here. Yeah, oh my yeah. god! Texas, yeah. Texas has cheap gas, and the, sure. the horrible thing is, it's not even a gas tax. It's like yes, California has a gas tax. So it'll always be a little bit more, but it's just like. Right. We had a refinery decide to go offline for maintenance, and and yeah. just because California's gas has to be made, it's don't even ask. It's such a stupid thing, but like even though yeah. California is a get is an oil exporter, the state, right? The crude oil we use to refine into California quality gasoline has to come from somewhere else, and so, it don't even ask. It's just it's just nuts. That's just chaos. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it's just, ridiculous. It's just well, yeah. before we move off. From the Camaro, I just want there was because there was one thing that you mentioned. I remember the 2019 when they did redesigned. Okay, this is gonna sound really controversial. I didn't think it looked that bad, but my thing was, and Johnny and Caitlin can both attest to this, Camaro sales were already going down prior to that redesign. That was you're you're, you're, right? look, you're absolutely right, and that look, it's there's just not a lot of sports cars sold. You know, yeah, Americans don't buy two doors; we buy SUVs. Yeah, crossovers, that's, SUVs. Yep. Mustangs, uh, for whatever reason, they have a cult-like following. Um, Corvettes and, do you know, too. What's that? Corvettes do as well. Yep. 
Um, yeah, but the sales numbers, I mean, it's such a much more expensive machine. That's very no, true. Four cylinder version, you know, but people just buy a lot of Mustangs and right. challengers. People buy a lot of challengers. Actually, interestingly with the challenger sales, like almost not double, but went up, uh, like t- over, over 25% when the Hellcat came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really like that, but they also make a four door, you know what I mean? So like, yes, Chevy stupidly because they could, because it's Cadillac or is a four door alpha. In fact, the CTSV is a freaking Camaro. It's a four door Camaro. It's the same yeah. engine, transmission, engine, computer, yeah. chassis, E differential right. shocks. It's the same car. They could have made a Chevy Impala, uh, whatever Caprice and, and they, they, they you know, SS, they could have done it. They just never did. So Dodge, you know, they lump challenger and charger sales together. Right. Um, I, I just don't, Chevy does a lot of weird things like, Hey, Ford, beautiful white space with the Raptor, you know, Ram says, we're going to copy it. Like TRX's fucking sales success, like yeah. monster success. GM, hey, look over there. We got yeah. nothing. You know, like it's true. Yeah. Now, I will say, and I know you guys are going to say EVs, but like the Hummer EV is. I love know, it. If you I took, love the Hummer EV. If you took everything good about a Raptor and gave it like, you know, 300 more horsepower and made it quicker than almost anything and gave it more off-road capability. And uh, I mean, it, it is so good. So yeah. I just think GM's development budget is all going towards EV. You know, this ultra sure. battery is really crucial for their survival. And yeah, they're, they're introducing, I forget what it is, but 24 new models. I drove yeah. the new Blazer, unbelievably good for a, a boring type of car. It competes with the Tesla Model Y. Yeah competes with a Mustang Mach-E, but like, I think it's bigger inside than a Chevy Tahoe, yeah. smaller outside and, you know, silent and just, just a, just a cool product. Yeah. So, Can I just say really quickly, yeah. big shout out on the Blazer because co-founder of this podcast, my good buddy, Ron Morris was on that engineering team on the Blazer. And oh, wow. I am so fucking proud of him. I can say that now because it's been announced He's probably not going to like that I said that, but sorry, Ronnie, I love you, brother. But seriously, Lieberman's giving you the vote of approval yeah, on no, the Blazer. They did, Yo, they what did, up? They did a really good job, and like I didn't drive the SS, so there will be a super fast version. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ultium fast. I don't know. I don't know how fast. I haven't driven it, but like the regular one, like you know, it's 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 slower than like say the Mach E, right? But you know, it's still like zero to sixty in six seconds, which it's fast, you know, man. From my generation, that I remember when the WRX could go you know, zero to 60 and 6.1, we were like buying them. We were flipping, doing handstands. We couldn't believe how quick that was. You know, so like it, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? So, yeah. um, and they just made a mature car. It's also, I will say, uh, I've talked to your boy, Ronnie, it's, it's the first car you can buy. There was a van in Europe that could do this, but if you want, you can get it front wheel drive all-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive depending That's on what you right. order it's just totally it's just totally modular basically yeah i don't know what you'd want front-wheel drive but it, it probably just costs less money or so you know it's, it's a weaker motor up front so it's like the slower version with longer range type thing yeah it, just a neat just a neat product you know, no just, that it's really good it's job. super cool I, i'm really proud of him and uh again i'm gonna have to go ahead and double check to see that if i can mention that but again he's not on that team anymore so yeah you can i think it. i can what, yeah, why, so. why would it be secret is a guy named ron that worked on the blazer like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can he likes, he's a very humble individual caitlin it doesn't knows matter that, ron. but true. no I'm, I'm it's a uh, but no, big shout out to Ron and big shout out to GM and and whatnot. But uh, again, That's I will good. I will love the sixth gen 
Camaro forever in a day. I think, uh, I mean, I've told Caitlin this. I, I was going to buy her SS if she ever sold it. You know, it's on sale right now. Jorge. It's somewhere in pieces or it's somewhere at some sketchy auction. The, somewhere you can buy it right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go yeah. to Mexico. It's, it's probably it's there. Probably you can buy it there. Juarez. It's right you know, just across the street in Juarez. You got to. Oh, my God. I know. And then what are those, what are those like, weird, what are those weird taquitos that everybody loves in El Paso? You get some of those. Oh, uh, uh, flautas. Yeah. No, no, but there's a, there's like a chain that like it's it it's kind of disgusting because you're basically eating like liquid chili in taquito oh, form. But it's really good. I, I went and I was like, I get it. You know, it's one of those things yeah. where if you take it home, it's inedible when it's cold, but when it's warm, it's just oh, it's so good. And it's it's yeah. total Tex-Mex. It's like no, for sure. Listen, it's not Mexican. A, it's Tex-Mexican. I'm, I'm I'm Puerto Rican, born and raised ah. in Puerto Rico, but raised. So in, you've had in you've had good food. Yeah. I do have good food, and I'm yeah. here to tell you right now. Like I like Tex-Mex, but it doesn't no. top doesn't no. top Sonoran food, and it damn sure doesn't top California Mexican food. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Mexican food is is it's it's you know it's glorious. Honestly, uh, it would be hard for me to leave uh, you know L.A. just because you. I don't care what anyone says. You can't get tacos like this outside of L.A. Like even in San Francisco, not even in San Diego. You know, San Diego, they have fish tacos and they have uh, style tacos, but we just have such a look. There's four million Mexicans in LA or five million, yeah. whatever. Like we 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 got them, man. For sure. <laughs> no, this shout out to good. my Mexican peeps. We, oh, actually, we, we're recording this uh Hispanic Heritage Month, so that's what nice. I'm talking about, hey, man. I'm yeah, gonna go, I'm gonna go. If it was on my diet, I go eat a burrito, but I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can man. Eat, congrats. I can eat, like the meat out of it. Yeah, that's true. Congratulations. Yeah, I know you've lost. Oh, congratulations. It, 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 so miserable. Oh, so uh, awful. But you you look fantastic, brother. You do. Uh, yeah, I'm not just that, saying that. All all I do is just eat. I mean. Here's how bad this diet is. It's it's so much protein. If I ate steak and eggs three times a day, I'd be 10 grams of protein short of what this guy wants me eating. Oh my like, gosh. It's just, wow. I need to struggle. It's just grotesque. Yeah, yeah. That's plus I'm working out too much. I hate it. It's everything hurts. And yeah. Don't get oh, old. I feel like secret. Just don't get old. <laughs> try try not to. Really struggling with that, but it is what it is. Um, by the way, you mentioned champion Porsche earlier. If I'm not mistaken, was that where that's where Spike and uh Zuckerman got was that there where they got their no, they go to Clearwater. Clearwater, that's right. Also okay, cool I apologize. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Florida filled with awesome Porsche dealers. Who knew? Actually, but so is California. I I have two friends since we're doing shout outs. Bo Bachman sent a clear to Porsche. Of course. And uh, C.J. Wilson, he's got the Porsche franchise up in, I think he's in Baker, Fresno. Um, yeah. Yes, my favorite uh, vaccine-denying uh, Major League Baseball player, car salesman. He's awesome. So what's up, C.J.? Um, that all being one of the funniest guys I know. He's a, he's a good dude, fun to have. And he was a, absolute hell of a baseball player, too, by the way. Yeah, he um, could throw he, could he, 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 he wasn't he, too bad. He, he, he could chew tobacco shy. with the best of them, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk rent sport because you yeah. were out there for- you, how, how long were you up there? Were you up there all the entire I was week? up there. Okay, so I went up a day early because I got to drive the first Porsche. And I don't mean like the first type of Porsche. I mean the first, first one. Like, wow. That's, it. that's the yeah. first one. It was it was built in May. Actually, who knows how long it took to build it. But it was registered for road use June 8th, uh, 1948. Uh-huh. And then the second one, uh, and it was mid-engine. It was weird. It was a mid-engine Roadster. And then the second one was sold uh, like a week later uh, to a woman uh, whose last name, oh God, I knew her name. It was a funny name. Anyway, I can't remember her name. But uh, so the second ever Porsche customer was female, but the first, a Swiss dude who was into racing bought it. And he instantly started modifying it to make it, you know, racier. And then he, then the 550 Spider came out and he wanted to look like that. 
Right. Then this guy von Frankenberg said, we should probably get that back. So he traded him a Porsche Speedster, a 356 Speedster for it in 1957. But because the guy had changed it, they didn't know what to do with it. It was a one-off prototype. The the buck, the styling buck was long destroyed. They had the blueprints, but you know, they were a tiny company in 1957 with no money. Um, they weren't what they are today, that's for sure. And right. so it just sort of sat. And then in 2018, um, for the 70th anniversary, they decided to take the blueprints, build a buck, and build an exact replica of the one that left the factory, but honor the modification, the restoration, or honor the um, you know, the modifications that this guy did, the the homebrewed stuff, right. and leave this one as is for the most part. They did a, they did a couple things, um, so it's sort of in between what it was when it came back and what it looked like when it left the factory. And so the the replica, you can go visit it right now. It's at the Peterson Museum. They have a, a seventy five years of Porsche exhibit or seventy five yeah. years of Porsche in California exhibit, and the replica it doesn't drive, doesn't have an engine. But it's there, and it looks exactly like this this car that I drove did, and then I drove this thing, which everyone's like, "How's it drive?" And I'm like, "That's not what I was thinking about. I was thinking about like it's priceless." The, uh, yep. Um, like, boy, my dad, you know, if he was here, he'd really be proud of me. Like, I've done all right in life. Um, you know, like stuff like that. I wasn't. I right. wasn't. It's it's had pretty good breaks, surprisingly. Yeah. But it's one of those priceless experiences. I, I mean, I'm bringing it up right now, and I um. I'll definitely go ahead and show it off once I go ahead and put up the post for this episode. Um, it's Johnny. I the best way that to describe it from a looks perspective and and Caitlin, have you seen the car? I'm, I think you've seen. It. Can you see it right mm -hmm. there? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 a cross between a three fifty six and a five fifty spider. That's the best way to describe yeah. it. And again, that's what this one looked like. If you go to the Peterson yeah. website or just Google portion one, like it it does look a little different. Um, right. And so this thing is referred to, if you spell it out for Google, it's three, five, six slash one, the number one. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just a bizarre, it's mid engine. They, they went with rear engine for a lot of reasons. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's hard to explain like how rare it is for sure. a giant like Porsche to have their first product. Like Ferrari number one's gone. Mercedes number, Mercedes has number two. They don't have number one. Uh, there's no first Chevy. There's no first four. There's no first Dodge. There's, you know, um, first Lamborghini might exist, but that was in the sixties. You sure. know what I mean? So, so for something for, for a major player, you know, uh, to have the, I guarantee the first Honda, Toyota, uh, Nissan, I guarantee they don't exist because why would they? Yeah. And so it was, just, it was just this freaky thing that this, this one guy, Von Frankenberg said, we should probably get it back. And he, he got it back and saved it. So I asked a friend of mine, who's a professional appraiser. I said, what's it worth? Mm. Because it's not, it's not. Can that's we all not, take guesses? Can we take guesses? Oh well, okay. uh, take guesses, but, but oh, yes, go ahead, take guesses. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin, I'll let you go first. What do you think? Oh my goodness, I don't even know what to throw out there. Well, here I'll give you, I'll give you a baseline. So, a Ferrari 250 GTO, the last one that sold for crazy money, and there's 23 of them, right? Uh, 33 of them, I can't remember. 33 of them sold for 70 million. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was an Ulanout Coupe, so it's an SLR. Streetcar Coupe, uh, Rudy Ulanout was the chief engineer of Mercedes-Benz. Uh, Mercedes had two of them. They sold one for about 130 million euros. So That was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 140 million bucks, something like that. Oh uh, but there's gosh. two of them. They still have one. And that, and that car, 
It's not from 1948. That car was from 1955 or 55. Yeah, didn't Sterling Moss race that drive, drive that car at like well, well, no, has no it's 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 like this car in that it has no history. It was oh okay. They made the, so they the SLR is so uh chassis number W196. Uh they made 10 race cars, I want to say, and uh Sterling Moss not only raced one of them but set the all-time mark in the Million Mia. I did a thousand miles in 10 hours and seven minutes, which if you've, it's the greatest feat in the history of athletics. It'll never be duplicated. It'll literally stand forever. Not only because they shut down the melee, but because nobody takes as much crystal meth as the drivers used to in those days (laughs) for endurance races. That's true. Uh, Speedballs were crazy back then, bro. Before he died, I talked to Sterling and I'm like, tell me about it. You know, and he's like, well, all I really remember was the race was over. We won. And then me, we, we hopped in the car and drove it back to Stuttgart from Brescia, Italy. I'm like, weren't you tired? And he goes, Oh, they had us on so many goofballs. I, I didn't sleep for days. So, wow. wow. But everybody did it. It wasn't just, yeah, it. no, everybody, no, I get you. I mean, that's what the they delay. did back, back when the Lamont, like when they would just, just do one driver for 24 hours, dude, there was like, one guy that did a 24 hour stint. Yes. Now you're limited to four hour stints, but yeah, there was one dude who did a 24 hour wild stint, dude, which you need chemical assistance to do that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, but, I've done a 16 hour day and I'm like, I'm dead. I'm done. Yeah. But again, he, he, he averaged and again, you gotta understand this is 1950. Five, seven. Did he do yeah. this? Oh boy. It was the last, it was the last year. It might've been 55. It's 55, 55. Okay. Um, and they averaged like 99.8 miles an hour or something. That's Just, fast. Again, the tire technology back then was zero. It's plywood. Um, they, they didn't have, you know, they like, like Dennis Jenkinson, who was, who was the passenger. Uh, he invented rally notes for the race because everyone else drove solo. Sterling Moss didn't really know Italy that well. Yeah, Manuel Fangio, by the way, this is also a great feat. He was second place, also in an SLR. He was like 30 minutes later, but he drove by himself. They actually had notes and he had these two giant scrolls, like a big Torah that, you know, Jenks was like winding on some homemade machine. And, you know, like, wow. And I remember if you ever get a chance, if I can leave the audience with anything, Google uh, the Dennis Jenkinson's account of the Millie Mia, because not only did he sit next to Sterling the whole time and, and everything, but yeah. he wrote it still hopped up on goofballs in the, in the car on the way back to Stuttgart. He banged the article. That, that Sterling wow. told me that. And it's God. online. You can find it. It's in like sports car illustrated or something, but yeah. it is, it is the best piece of automotive journalism ever written bar none, nothing second place. Yes. Yeah. It's just it's just fantastic. So I don't anyway, think people. Yeah. So the street version of that, which never raced and they built two of sold for like one hundred and forty million. That's crazy. I don't think people understand the amount well, of Kaylin's joy that I'm to getting guess. out of right I, I, now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of big. No, no, no. It's OK. It's all right, because I'm just also like having a mark out moment of like, this is incredible stuff. I'm sorry, Caitlin. I mean, to bring myself down. Go ahead. <laughs> Give me your guess for the love of God. <laughs> I have I, I'm here in 70 million. I'm here in 140 million. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess 80, 90 million, something like that, which I, would make you wonder why your thought wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't crash this car. Like this, this, I, that's yeah. what my thought would be if I was getting to drive it. It would just be, it, it's, it's owned by yeah. Porsche. They got a, they got a whole team of mechanics. They can bang it out. It's not no exactly. Robot. Yeah. I guess that's just <laughs> terrifying. to me, the very first Porsche of all time to very me first. is, is, is more important than a 250 GTO respectfully. So I would have to say, Gosh, I almost want to say I I could see that being a hundred mil. 
I can see it being a hundred mil. So my friend is look. I, no one has any idea. They're never going to sell because I I I, I yeah. asked um I I asked Ferdy Porsche. Uh, his, he's got a pretty famous great grandfather. And I asked him. Yeah. I said, I said, what would you sell it for? And he goes, Well, we're not Mercedes. We don't sell our priceless cars. But <laughs> I love that. <laughs> my friend, who's uh, an appraiser, I said, Yeah. And he said, Well, it's definitely not worth as much as the Ulanout Coupe for a lot of reasons. Blah blah blah. Um, and he goes twenty to fifty million. And I go twenty to fifty million. Like it's a bargain, on, dude commit and he goes okay okay you're right 35 to 70 million so it is worth between one and 100 million because nobody has any idea and they're never going to sure. sell it so it's sort of a moot point but yeah mm -hmm. yeah so anyways there's a long way of saying that's what i did one day ren sport started on thursday and it was kind of a quieter day and you know if you like porsches it's a lot of fun i just kept walking around going like where are the corvettes where are the corvette but nobody thought that was funny um <laughs> And where's the, uh, the Cramrose? Yeah, 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 with the Cramrose. <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty overwhelming. I mean, it's 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 you know, we went to this one tent. So it's you know, it's it's there's races going on the whole time. So you're at right. say, uh there, you know, the whole paddock has turned into a bunch of temporary pits and people are just racing and they have all different kinds of racing. Any anything from they did a tractor race with Porsche tractors, they did uh, a, a three five six race. They did like the uh, fiberglass car race, so like 906s and 908s and stuff like that. They did 917s. They did. They had 956s and 962s on track. They had modern cars. You know, they had everything racing. But there was this one tent, and uh, so so my, my buddy. I don't know if you guys know Jethro Bovington, but my of buddy course Jeff, the goat Jethro Bovington, of course the actual goat. Yeah, he's a real yes. goat. So. So Jethro's like, hey, mate, is it fun? You having fun looking at all the 911? So I just kept sending him pictures of 959s because he, he doesn't like the way 959 looks because he's mentally deranged. <laughs> and so I was going to get pictures of more 959s for him. And I find a yeah. green one and I look and like, oh, wait, there's a there's a roof uh, yellow bird sitting there. Right. Oh, wait, there's a yellow Carrera GT next to a silver Carrera GT. Oh, with a 959. Oh, and then an orange Carrera GT. And then another silver Carrera GT. Oh, and there's another 959. Oh, and here's a Rod Emery 356. Over, look, just if I turn around, uh, a Carrera GT uh, 918 and a 959 parked with it. You know what I mean? Like, it was just on another roof. Uh, five 959s in the corner. Yeah. Three Emery's. You know, and it was just this, like, insane tent. They were just all parked in a tent. I mean, it was just yeah. I was like, flipping out it's you know? not normal man wow. yeah yeah it's so not normal it, it's but... it's super fun and then probably the best moment for me was the on friday my buddy jeff who has a really nice touring uh he he he, he bought a passenger lap so the passenger i think it was like 67 bucks to do a passenger lap and it's cool you that's, get, i'm sorry that's worth it to me 100 percent. oh 67 bucks come on yeah, yeah blow that on soda um but he's or at a movie theater. Anyways, he's you, you actually get two decent laps, although my friend Chris and his slow ass 912 engine 356 was in front of us. And yeah, uh, Mr. Hansel, you ruined our fun. But anyways, um, and his wife didn't want to get up that early because he had to he had to be there like at 630 to like register and driver's right. meeting. So I said, you know what? I'm here. Like, why not? How fun is that? And And it was just a special moment. It was just like. For my friend, it really meant a lot because he's a Porsche fanatic. I'm just, I, you know, I like Porsches as much as I like a lot of other cars. Or, you know, I like certain models a lot. You know, I hate yeah. Macans, I hate base Cayennes, blah, blah, blah. But for him, it's all about Porsche. And and it was just a real fun, special moment. So, 
And they say, you know, it's called Rensport Reunion because it's not just that you're getting the cars together, but the people get together. And mm-hmm. you don't realize, because I've been doing this a long time, children, you don't realize how many good <laughs> friends you make. And right. for me, that, you know, aside from what I did with Jeff, uh, like just seeing everybody was was just so much fun. And it and it, it was just, it was awesome. It was really, really fun. I, I've heard, and people in the Porsche community have been incredibly kind to me. I know that for a fact, they've been kind to Caitlin, the amount of nine eleven owners that she's dealt with, you know, with her photography and everything. There's something about the Porsche community that I don't know what it is. The fact that you can have a CGT or a nine eighteen owner, and then you can have a boxer and a Cayman owner, like a base, you know, nine eight six owner. And like, they're, they get it. It's like, they get it. It's like, they're cool yeah. with one another no, and you don't get no, that type it, of it, thing between other brands and every once in a while. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And just, you know, I was, I was talking to my friend yesterday who he used to work for Porsche. So he, he'd been to Ren Sports. Now he, he works for a battery company, but he was, you know, he was, we were talking about Porsches and he's like, and that's the problem. They're just so fucking good. Right. Just, you know, they're just, and I'm like, yeah, it really is a problem, you know? Cause like we were talking about, you know, Oh, the ST. Well, really, when the GT3 manual do 99% of what an ST does. And like, we're, oh, we're both like, man, I really want a GT3 manual. Oh, like, here we are. We've become the people we swore not to become, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, it it happens, like, as I think to almost all car journalists, because, you know, you close your eyes and think about some of your favorite, dri- favorite driving moments. And, you know, a lot of them are in Porsches, it turns out. 100%. Uh, in, in the two doors, not so much in the four doors. But sometimes That's it's- I mean, I'm sure you could go ahead and have a good time in a Panamera. Let's be real. I mean, I've had but, some. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, if you were cannonballing a, a Panamera from New York to Phoenix or New York to LA, you'd probably be having a grand old time. Sure, but I've you but, know I did a Turbo yeah. S from 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 Atlanta to uh, LA. Much better time. Much better oh time. yeah, exactly. Oh man, you PJ O'Rourke did. That's so cool. I man. I actually uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Clink here earlier, but I actually stopped at Hennessy and and he had a 700 horsepower CTSV coupe. And we just did like 25 drag races in a row. And like so good. the, the Hennessy Cadillac was so powerful. He couldn't use first gear. So yeah. it was just second gear. But the Porsche killed it every single time. It was, it was I mean, all, all wheel drive is, is a drag yeah. strip advantage. You know, so. it's, it's wild that the three of us can talk about Hennessy and actually have some sort of like interesting relationship with them like that. I wouldn't have never imagined that two years ago when I've, started this podcast i'm I, if, if, I'm, kind if of I'm going may, through it right now I, yeah i'm talking too much and, and we no. gotta let clink speak but like john's a good dude and i will say this uh the dudes that said all the bad stuff about hennessy they're scumbags and a couple of them are like stolen valor motherfuckers who told me to my face repeatedly they were in the marines and uh all lies so they're just lying about everything um mm-hmm. and like what john was accused of is like he put new headers on my car and he sold the old headers Guess what? Every shop in America has done since the dawn of time. They sell the old shit that you don't need anymore. Everybody does that. Everybody does that. So it's it's just it was it was character assassination of a of a nice decent family man is what I would say. I got all the respect in the world for John Hennessy. I mean, and I yeah. said this on the podcast with Alex. Um, John to me is the modern day Carol Shelby. Um, Except he's honest. I mean, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and. And John Hennessy has sold over 10,000 vehicles or way it's over 10,000 vehicles. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't think Shelby ever sold anything near that except for like a yeah. rebadged Ford. This is, you know, this is Hennessy actually tuning them in his shop. 10,000 cars have come out of there. 
Yeah. And, uh, and they're great. You know, they're, they're fantastic. They're, yeah. Speaking of which, you know what, Daddy Clink, you say that the one LE is your uh, next dream car. I say, screw the one LE, jump to an exorcist. Boom. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I told. That's there the was, I only shot one of those because uh, Jack Ultramotive, the YouTuber, has a Hennessy yep. Z01, and that thing is just wicked. I mean, they are insane cars. But talking about the fact that this is my daily driver, though, I, I imagine daily driving a machine with that much power. How I mean, how epic and terrifying and amazing would that be? But I mean, you'd be fine on the power. I I know a guy. I know this guy, John Hennessy. I can I can I can call. I him know up a guy. Do what we can <laughs> do. Not great. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, Maybe it'll happen. Go. I'll add that to my bucket list of things I need to do. Involved yeah, because I else. think even if it's not an exorcist, I think like a pulley and a chip and, you know, that yeah. engine can bang out a lot of power and, Big that time. and rear end can handle it. Yeah. yeah. I would say an 800 horsepower ZL1 is Woo! like the, I think that's the perfect you in a weird nearly, way. Sweet spot. That's that would spot. nearly be as much horsepower as my pickup truck. So, you'd oh, be my gosh, <laughs> I don't want to hear it, Johnny. <laughs> By the way, speaking, speaking of big horsepower, because Caitlin, for her uh, 24th birthday, which she would have celebrated just a couple of months back, I oh. already wish you a happy birthday, but happy belated anyways, my friend, you're here now. So there you go. Um, Caitlin. A lot of us saw what you were up to, but maybe some people might be listening to this podcast for the very first time, not knowing who Daddy Clink is. So right. let them know what was one of the projects that you went ahead and did with AZ Cycle Parts that you went ahead and just did up in Indiana back in August. Yeah, so we went to Shift Sector, which was a pretty awesome event, and we're headed to another Shift Sector event in Abilene. But um, my boss, Mark Rao, he has various underground racing builds, but we, he brought out his silver twin turbo STO to Indiana and we had some serious goals for that event and we hit them and he hit 258.1. I'm not quite sure. Miles per hour. Wow. On his no, no, hang on. Fast. Hang on. You got to tell the story, right? He hit 258 point, whatever miles per hour in a half mile. Yes, it was in not a half a, mile. Well, I was getting there. I was going to make crazy. that the punchline. It was a half <laughs> Yes, it was insanely mile. epic. It was. And if yeah. I may. Go ahead. An STO is a rear driver. It's not an all wheel drive car. So that's oh. like, that's like a, that's, that's like a two, that's going to be like close to 2,500 horsepower or something. Yeah. I mean, that's like yep. a huge amount of power. That's big numbers. Insane. Yeah, that's, it was, that's it was funny car. I mean, uh, uh, you know, a funny car, 3000 horsepower. It does. Oh, God, it does a quarter and four seconds, maybe three, you know, we have four, four seconds yeah. at around there two two fifty something like that in a it's quarter. Gnarly. But you're getting into funny car territory with a with a street car. So, yeah, it was it was pretty epic, and we're we're shooting for 260 at this next event. I mean, it's right That's, there for the taking. Yeah, exactly. We were this close. We just didn't want to push it. We said, you know what? This is how we want to leave off. We want to leave off on a good note. We want to leave off with the car intact. We want to leave off yeah. with everything set. And 258.18, I believe, is what I'm actually remembering now, was yeah. a pretty epic number, and we hit that goal, especially since he had not really gotten a lot of seat time prior to the event. So it was kind of like hopping yeah. in, getting that done was just. Did you get a ride in that car, Caitlin? I did not because we oh, were okay. we were we were being very careful with our passes just to make sure that you know we were using them all for the best. And passengers Dude, can only don't, go don't, to don't get a ride. It's that's that's such an extreme <laughs> speed. And look, that's true. If I may humble brag, I've gone 245 miles an hour in my life. Yes. Uh, we know yeah, what that was in. Yeah, it was in a Chiron. Uh 
super sport no not super yeah super sport anyway yeah, we talked about uh, it on this pod actually last oh, time we okay, yeah okay. sorry i do a lot of pods no 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 it's no it's okay i i, I, I did i did three today it, earlier um yeah. but um uh it, like you know oh it's dangerous and 258 yeah. that quickly because i did 245 in like i don't know 10 miles it took to get up to that speed or something right yeah. uh half mile i mean that's that's uh that's passengers at these events are only allowed to go up to 180 miles an hour so that's, oh, that's which right. is already which is already right no that's super slow i mean speed. that's no big deal really right <laughs> yeah well when i by the way it's, it's we're getting on where i i gotta get go in a second um yeah but uh I had a my good friend Jamie Morrow, who's a pro race car driver slash maniac who hangs out in the right seats of like Bugattis and Paganis and cars like that. And he stayed in the car till 200. And then he's like, I'm not getting paid enough to go 250. <laughs> and he got out. And that was a big like Bugatti was like, No, we need you to be in the car. And he's like, No, yeah. like absolutely not. So 180, as silly as it sounds, is a much safer speed yeah. than. I'm just telling you, like two, two, I don't know what it is, like two, two thirty and up, things just get weird. And and you're you you know, at 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 two hundred, what was it, two hundred and fifty miles an hour, which I never quite got to, but you do, I want to say, a football field in one second. A hundred yards in a second is crazy. Yeah, but like, so your boss is going quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, and by the way, I said 100 yards. It's actually technically 120 because you've got the end zone to end zone, right? I I think yeah. I think that what they told me was it was 100 meters, which is 330 yards or something like. That. I I, okay. I don't know metric, but it was. I think it was a football field, not not the end zone, but still, it's 100 yards 100 in yards a second fast. one, and you've gone <laughs> in a car. So. Yeah. That's yeah, wild. absolutely wild. Yeah. Um, well, then I, I know that both of you have to go ahead and wrap it up tonight a little bit earlier. And that's perfectly fine because I think that we've actually had a really fun time. And I don't even know how long we've been recording, but it's all good. <laughs> but jo- Johnny, one of the things that I wanted to ask you last time, and I didn't yeah, get a chance yeah. to, but you know, I'm just curious to know. And, and Caitlin, I don't think I've ever asked you this either. So I'll ask Johnny first, but you've been at this game for a long time. What's been your, who, what was your inspiration through in journalism and what's been the inspiration as you continue how do you keep it fresh <laughs> uh that part's really hard uh, i'm struggling with that um I, I i think um i am getting to the point where it's almost been 20 years of doing this and it, i am struggling to keep it fresh it really it really is getting harder and harder for me to write now i'm doing videos again and i'm doing a lot of podcasting so i think maybe my the way I, I am creative is kind of like shifted. I still love sure. writing. I'm having a harder time. It, it was never a struggle before for me ever. Um, and as far as like inspiration, I mean, I just grew up reading car magazines and just really loved reading about cars and then specific people. Uh, and there's a guy I'm actually lucky enough to be friends with Jamie Kitman, who worked for automobile for forever and ever. And now we, he's doing stuff for like Jalopnik and car and driver and, uh, yeah. and road Rat. Um, phenomenal writer just so sharp and 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 also like was politically there there's a lot of guys in this business i think are politically just out to lunch and he he was he was he wasn't afraid to be bold you know he'd just say stuff he's like look you know if it wasn't for you know blacks in the 1930s cadillac wouldn't be a brand right you know, and like and like 
almost no one else would be brave enough to write that. And it was just because if you were black, you know, in the 30s and 40s, nobody would sell you a house, but they'd sell you a Cadillac because you could drive it out of their neighborhood. You know, you wouldn't be living next to him. You wouldn't be parking next to him. And so he was all you read his stuff and you get a good history of what the automobile scene was like. So Jamie, um, my the guy who hired me, Angus McKenzie, I've always really respected his writing. Um, and just his his way he sees the world. He he was he he really he said two things to me that have shaped me. And Caitlin, I know I'm talking a lot and it's getting late, but but, the, but okay, since, since, since he asked, he said two things that that really shaped me. And uh, uh, one was um, uh, nothing we write is sacrosanct. And what that means is like you're not writing the Bible. You are writing right. about a car. If so, if an editor is going to make a change it's okay you know don't don't fight because a lot of people like oh you, you changed my headline i will uh, now i might have swung too far in the other direction it's like ah it's published I'm, I'm done with it but you know there is there is a balance there's a happy balance there right and then um the other thing he taught me which i think is um is hard uh especially for the hot takes crowd and, and tiktokers and all that crap is you know instead of going into a car review wanting to hate it and then being surprised when it's good approach it that you want to love it and you're disappointed when it's not good i remember you telling me that last time yeah okay yeah so yeah. that that was that was for me was really instrumental and it, it really you know it really i think helped me in my career quite a bit and then uh this guy dan neal um dan wrote for the la times and he was probably just the best pure writer that mm -hmm. we had and he you know he won a pulitzer prize for criticism the first automotive critic to ever won a pulitzer oh, and awesome. and he and he i will say for whatever reason i have no idea why but he sort of in a weird way uh took me under his wing when i was getting started and like would talk to me and would spend time with me and like there's no reason he should have absolutely no reason i don't know why but i could like always you know email or call him get career advice and and he 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 gave me some of the best advice i ever got and not not like in terms of writing but just like what should i be doing you know should right. i go to motor trend type thing should i go here should i go there and so the, those guys were really good and then uh there's one last one i can't always have to mention uh davy johnson who was really the guy r.i.p davy johnson Lopnik, but it was davy that that found me shall we say and um again just in terms of pure writing ability like go, go google tom car and driver and i know as a motor train guy i shouldn't say this but but google car and driver davy johnson's review of the rolls royce phantom there is no better car review uh dennis jenkinson is the best thing in the history of automotive journalism but he's not reviewing a car he's talking about a race davy johnson's phantom rolls royce phantom review where he 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 uh he uses it as an uber around san francisco right it is just like like just uncut undistilled car riding it's so wonderful i love that that's awesome yeah. caitlin i know what's been your car inspiration to you because we've talked about it so many times bumblebee obviously there's the reason why you love camaros and whatnot i know your dad Big shout out mm -hmm. to the real daddy clink. Uh, Kirk clink is amazing. Um, I know he's been such a big inspiration oh, yeah. to you, but like from, you know, you not only, not a lot of people know, not only your marketing background, but you also have a journalistic that like you have a journalism degree, which is fucking mm -hmm. awesome. But mm -hmm. so what's been your inspiration from like the marketing, you know, automotive and just automotive media in general? Like I've known you for two years and I've never asked you that question. 
And I've never been asked that question. Let's see. So thinking about my inspiration in, in what, in journalism and marketing and all the above, just outside of directly in cars, right? Yeah. Just automotive media in general. Yeah. I would say that I had actually, um, a professor, which as weird as it sounds, at least just from my educational standpoint, that was like a huge inspiration. That was someone that was into cars, into marketing and had a successful career. And I said, you know what, it's possible to combine both of those. Cause I wanted to find a way to use my education in the automotive industry. And I said, is this going to be something I can find a career in? Is this something I can utilize? Am I just going to end up at an agency and I'm not going to ever get to use my passion with cars. And I had a professor that basically affirmed that for me, that it's possible to have yeah. both and to do well in that and to find a place and be successful in it all at once. But in terms of people in marketing and advertising in the automotive industry, I'm not quite sure if I have an inspiration yet. If I'm being totally honest, you're so, I, I, you're so, so young though. Like you are the yeah. inspiration. Well, it's, I look at other photographers as, and I say, you know what, they've been able to grow a brand for themselves and that kind of thing. And that inspires me a lot. So seeing as like photographers where you mentioned their name and, um, like Larry Chen, Larry Chen, I was just about to say, Larry, like that's something that it's like, they are so well known and they've developed their career and portfolio and have so many amazing things to share. And people know them for certain things that it's just like, that's what I really want for myself one day. And that takes a lot of skill outside of photography and to be able to develop a career like that and have that kind of success. And it might not be marketing for someone else. It's marketing for yourself. And oftentimes you can use that for brands. I mean, that's half the battle. It's, you know, your clients want to use your work for their campaigns. And so it all ties together. But just looking at some of my favorite photographers and seeing that they are so well known. I mentioned a name and people have heard that before. I was like, one day I want that to be able to be me if it's possible. Can I tell you something? Um, and of course. And I, I think it's hysterical that Jorge here keeps calling me the goat, but I didn't publish a word about cars until I was 30. Yeah. You know, so, so you got, you got, your time, a, is your time. you got a great career ahead of you. Um, and you'll, you know, I, th I think you have the talent to get there. Um, so I, I second you know. that. Just I second that. With it, just, and, you know, when I was 25, I cold called Motor Train. I was out of a job. I cold called, I don't know, just because they were in L.A. And they were like, oh, you'll never work for us. Like, the wow. Who was to the schmuck who answered them. He's like, I, I, never. Yeah. Wow. You're not already in the business. And, um, yeah, so don't let anyone tell you no. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. Mm. Uh, are you going to make mistakes? Yes. And you've all heard old people say this, but, like, man, taking a chance is, like, uh, you know, unless you die, and usually you don't, uh, you get back up again and try something else, you know? And yeah. like, I remember mm -hmm. I got hired uh, early in my career. I got hired by Edmonds for four and a half days. And for God knows why they fired me after four and a half days. And I remember just like <laughs> not being suicidal, but like so depressed about it. Like I couldn't tell my family. I couldn't tell. You know, I, th I think I told my girlfriend. Uh, I definitely, it was about, they fired me on Valentine's Day. I definitely told my girlfriend. Oh. Um, but like it was, it was like the lowest. Now I look back, I'm like, thank fucking God, I got fired by him. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, and uh, and I'll tell, I'll tell you one more thing. I'll, I'll leave you with this, and I won't mention their names, and uh, neither is with Edmonds anymore. But I remember on the interview when they were hiring me at Edmonds, they said, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" And I said, "Well." Uh, you know, I'd like to be like well known within the car community, kind of like 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 a Jamie Kitman or a Dan Neal. And these two motherfuckers looked at each other and started laughing, like ah. <laughs> 
And I remember just sitting there. I'm like, I will bury the both of you. I will be, <laughs> I will go do a burnout on your fucking graves and write about it because like you, you do not get to do that to me. No way. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. No, that's and then here we are. Yeah. Over 20 years later, senior well, future editor, was about 17, yeah. 17 years ago, but like but <laughs> like look where you are and look what you represent. You're one of the biggest names in automotive media. And I'm not sucking up to you. You know what you are and you know what I mean, you bring to look, the table. They, they let me drive the first Porsche. How about that? Yeah. Exactly my point. Yeah, exactly my point. Yes. You know, yeah. and then Kate and, and then Caitlin, you know, is literally not even 25 yet. And you yeah. know already a marketing director at one of the you know bigger shops in Arizona um Caitlin for a school project did a podcast and got Johnny Lieberman and, J- and Larry Chen on a podcast <laughs> fuck out of here that was like, so fun like that's that's that, that's that a t- and, and, and Mike doing. Schaefer let's let's not let's and not Mike Schaefer. Let's oh, Sunset. Sunset. yeah like let's, awesome. let's not forget the real photographer here uh, yeah that's true and, and, and yeah. like and I bring these all up because I guess this is more motivation to anybody else who might be listening to this podcast is motivation to me to, to look, second look, season in and i'm you know the amount of stuff that look, we've been look, able to do is crazy there's there, you know there's everyone in the world uh you know they if, if if you die tomorrow they won't care that much so you just got to really look out for yourself yeah um but also you know i had this experience where i always said you know i, I want to really like help others and, and and this was i was uh when i was in college i was uh um I majored in like religion and philosophy, but I minor at first I was minoring in music. I really like, like if my 16 year old self saw what I was doing, he'd be like, you loser. Like, why aren't you playing bass? (laughs) Uh, And I I had this, I had this, this uh, bass. It wasn't even a teacher of mine, but he was, he was a teacher in the school and they did a faculty concert and he did this. I remember some of the song vicissitude, just an amazing song. And I walked up to him after the show and he was like sitting on a planner, having a cigar. And I was like, Mr. I forget his name already. I could look it up. I was like, I just got to tell you, man, like vicissitudes is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. It was so cool. Blah, blah, blah. And he looks at me and goes, are you a music major? And I go, no, I'm a minor. And he just stands up and walks away and doesn't look at me. And I quit. I quit music. I quit. I, I, I stopped being a music minor and I really regret it. You know? So like, I always said now, like, Anyone who shows any interest in anything, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, if 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 I can, I'll help out because like that guy really took a lot away from me just by saying nothing yeah. uh, and being a prick unnecessarily. You know what I mean? And like, you know, it's uh, you know, every, everything, you know, everything's practice. Like, if you want to be a car photographer, start shooting cars. If you want to write about cars, start writing about cars. You can you only get better with practice. Yeah. You know? So, well, I mean, this has been an amazing podcast. Uh, and and it uh, brings me so much. I said I told everybody it was going to be spicy right from the very get go. So there you go. <laughs> um, before we go ahead and uh, wrap this up, um, I want to go ahead and thank the both of you for uh, hanging out with me tonight on a Tuesday night. I know that you guys could have been doing. Uh, Caitlin could be sleeping right now, um, <laughs> and she's probably going to go to bed in just a second. And uh, Johnny could be, you know, he could be podcasting with Matt Farah. Or he can I, hang, oh, he I, I was talking to Matt today. Yeah, uh, October twenty no, fourth. I'm podcasting with Matt. Yeah, um, love it. No, I got to finish this glass of whiskey and, and like uh, write a review about it. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up for Caitlin. You can go ahead and find her at krc.auto. You can find her at caitlin.zl1. If you want some portraits, go get check no, out no, no, krc.portraits. No, 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 got to give them all out. You know, I got a lot of them. <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, we're not going to give her personal out tonight. We we did that last time and we laughed. And we don't need to do that. Um, and then, of course, you okay. can go ahead and find Johnny Lieberman at Johnny Lieberman. Um, go check out um, Spike's Car Radio, him, yeah. Spike, Zuckerman. Got, also, that, yeah, that's good. We also have the inevitable. The, the, the yeah, I was going to say that next. Yeah, of course. Um, we got Head to Head is back. Head to Head. So hyped for that, dude. Yeah, you and Jeff Glucker. Yesterday, we got, we had a. Uh, BMW competition against a Kia EV6 GT, which sounds weird until you drive the cars and you're like, hmm. hi, you're oh, talking yeah. to a Kia evangelist, baby. Go Kia. <laughs> go dude, Kia. Dude, let's go. Hey, I will just say the EV6 GT is 576 horsepower. Not not quite ZL1 territory, but 576. Right. And uh, it's like $62,000 with a warranty. That's- that's really good. A yeah. five-year powertrain warranty, or no, and more than that. Yeah, Ten-year, I forget. Yeah. Jeez, and wow. it's an EV. Nothing will go. There's nothing to break. So you know. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, no, awesome you, as always. And no, I appreciate we're you guys. hanging out. We're hanging out like this week coming up, Saturday, Sunday. We'll figure. You it out. call me, man. We'll make it happen. I will. I will I literally guess. tell my job that I'm getting off early on a no, Saturday. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Hey, okay, when, fine. Yeah, I, when when Lieberman calls, you show up. Like that's yeah. just how it is. Um, of course you can Caitlin, go ahead. Coming to town. Yeah. I wish I will not be there. Although that would have been a blast. You, you uh, yeah, I think you should. Eat the, yeah. eat the taco meat out of a taco, not eat the corn. <laughs> I was going to say, you should cannonball the ZL1 out here. Next time, though. Yeah, I could, I could yeah. mob the ZL1 around. That'd be fun. Oh, that'll be cheap. Exactly. There you go. Just, yeah. yeah. But plus, we have okay gas prices compared to LA, so you can go ahead and make it out here, no problem, Caitlin. That's, That's all true. good. Anything um, better than California prices. 100%. Yes. Shout out to every single resident of Los Angeles is having to go ahead and pay 6 or $7 a gallon. Dude, mm. God. That's an unreal. But you can go ahead and also catch Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram. We are at Tormenting Tarmac. You can go and find us anywhere streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all that good stuff. Leave a review. Leave us a star rating. You know. Yeah, and uh, go read Johnny. Go listen to Johnny. Go watch Johnny. Go look at Caitlin's pictures. Um, yeah, seriously, because she's <laughs> one of the young legends out there. Um, so I that appreciate all being, you. Yeah, well, you're the, you're the goat. You know, you're my homie. So that all being said, on behalf of Caitlin Clink, Daddy Clink herself, and of course the goat Johnny Lieberman, my name is Jorge Aquino, and you have been listening to what I believe to be is the 63rd installment of Tormenting Tarmac, and it's where the podcast, nice. where the enthusiasts. Awesome. I know, right? Like, shout out to us. We're not yeah. dead yet. People are still coming on. Why? I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> great, man. That's that's. I mean, I think I think with uh, you know the inevitable, and and again, we have a whole you know we have people that book the shows. We got a whole thing. I think we recorded our 65th today. So 63rd is like, you're sticking with it. That's I'm trying to, man. I just want yeah, people. To, I'm just you're trying to do the thing. You're yeah. doing the thing. I said 63rd, 64th. Excuse me. So 64th. Wow. Almost there at, 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 at the end of it. I'll take it. Boom. Shout Boom. out to you. Shout, shout out to Johnny and Ed Lowe. Um, that all being <laughs> no, said. Yeah. yeah. Leave Ed Lowe out of it. He's, he's, <laughs> don't, we don't want to bring this podcast down. No, I'm just kidding. But thanks, guys. I appreciate you. To everybody listening, we appreciate you listening. I hope you guys enjoy this one with Johnny and with Caitlin. My name is Jorge Aquino. Tormenting Tarmac is where the podcast, where the enthusiast never dies. Have a great night, everybody.
Thank you.